0: Kia ora and welcome to the special episode of the Amateur Austenite. I am Frances Duncan, an author and the founder of the Jane Austen Society of Aotearoa New Zealand. And my special guest today is Emma. Hello. Last weekend we went to Christchurch to watch Sense and Sensibility at the Court Theatre. And this episode today, instead of writing a review, we're going to talk about it. The reason that we're doing this is not to spoil it for you, though we probably have if you do intend to go and see it, but it is on till the 11th of March at the Court Theatre in Christchurch, and we want to encourage people to go and see it because it is a fantastic production. The script was adapted by Penny Ashton, who is a Canterbury comedian, and we have both seen her on stage in Wellington in her one-woman show, Promise and Promiscuity, and Olive Copperbottom. I've also seen her in Austin Found, which is an improv group show. We have seen her acting herself in play
1: is written by herself, one woman shows, but this is an extended cast which does not include her as a performer, but the script has been written by comedian.
0: The director of this was Hilary Mulder. But
1: this is the first time it's been staged,
0: yes? This is the first time it's been staged I did ask Penny when I saw that it was coming out whether it was going to tour and she said no. I understand it's a bit more difficult when you have six cast members as opposed to one and they have quite an extensive set. The
1: size of the stage...
0: Could make things difficult because there is a lot of choreography necessary. There are six actresses playing 22 characters. There's a lot of swapping between scenes and between characters so you need to be really standing in exactly the correct location for it to hit every time, I think. But they would just rehearse that in the new space. You may be getting the idea that we strongly feel that this production should tour. Yes, please. (laughs) Who do we give money to? (laughs) Prior to seeing the show, I had read and shared with Emma um, a review by someone from Stuff that wasn't that great, It talked about it like it was kind of a pantomime and really quite funny. They were looking for more of a historical romance thing, which I think is a little misunderstanding of who Jane Austen is and what she wrote. It is the modern interpretation of Jane Austen, it's true. If you've read her juvenilia, which I think is Jane Austen particularly unfiltered, you'll realise that she's very funny, she does a lot of slapstick and kind of dark humour about, like, kicking people out windows and accidentally killing people and things
1: like that. There's a lot more melodrama. And drama, in fact, the in the juvenilia,
0: there are plays. Yes. Also, us having seen previous productions of Pennies, we understand her style as well, which really helped. And I could really see her influence in not only, obviously, the script, which is fantastic, but the characterisation... Because Penny does or has done one woman's shows, she's very distinctive between characters, the way they move, the way they stand, the way they talk. And that was translated over to the actors in this production.
1: They were very distinct in each of the roles that they played, which was essential. It was very fast moving. So Sense and Sensibility is a long novel. Previous adaptations have been long in any kind of adaptation you either need to choose for it to be extremely long you cut out any extraneous scenes or you leave out characters and this production did leave out characters
0: comparisons have been drawn between this production and the 1995 film adaptation of sense and sensibility which was adapted by emma thompson and directed by ang lee one of the things that they did similarly was cut out Lady Middleton, which to be fair, she doesn't do much. She's funny because she's very proper, but that's about all she does. And Jane Austen often does portray different
1: types of marriages as uh, warnings to our young heroines what might happen if they make the wrong one.
0: Nancy Steele was also removed, which meant, like the Angley Emma Thompson Sense and Sensibility, it was Lucy herself who tells Fanny that she's engaged to Edward. I understand that that's the only way it's going to happen if Nancy's not there, but that's one reason to keep Nancy in the script because Lucy is too risk averse to tell someone without being completely sure that they would be on her side. Well, she's too smart.
1: And she's a good judge of character. She would have judged Fanny's character sufficiently to know what Fanny's reaction would have been and that it would have been detrimental to her cause. As Lucy Steele's character stands in the book and as Fanny's character stands, Lucy would not have told Fanny. However, it is a very long book and... You need to make some
0: editorial decisions. Because, as we said, there are also 22 characters in this play. That's not usual for plays. Maybe 10 or 12 at most. They try to keep it six to eight so you can tell who people are and you don't need lots of actors. But the second part they've managed here by having actors play multiple roles, which is also very funny the way it works out. There's a fantastic scene. When they're leaving Norland, and Kathleen Burns is playing both Edward Ferris and John Dashwood. She is switching between characters within the scene. She's got uh, mutton chops down one side of her face and half of a black coat and half of a brown coat. It's funny, but not only that, you get to see the two characters saying really similar things, but one person saying it sincerely and the other one completely insincerely. This is the matter of form in English society. These are the things that you say, but do you mean them or not? So it was very effective. As an actor, I can only
1: imagine how difficult it would be to so very quickly change between
0: characters and between emotional intent. They're really different characters too. John Dashwood is a bit of a sleaze and Edward is bumbling and likeable
1: sometimes edward gets up my nose for being so passive and
0: well he's pretty wet
1: but this edward we actually honored we
0: we honored and respected this one yeah i liked him i I really liked the characterization and the writing of edward he was sweet speaking about characters Fanny was as I'd never seen her before. She was played by Kim Garrett, and she gave her such a presence. She was very regal. In the past, she's come across as naggy or nitpicky. But she has real power in this. She's more of an imposing, like a Lady Catherine figure in this. I really appreciated that. She lit up the stage. Kim also played Sir John Middleton. Fantastic. Wow. Did you not know? It was very difficult. They were so good, it was hard to discern which actor was playing characters. They had completely different mannerisms, voices, everything obviously costuming. There must have been a very big whiteboard in the planning of who could play who. Presumably, Penny put it all on the script. Oh, yes. Must have. Anyway, back to Kim Garrett as Sir John Middleton. She even does a little jump and clicks her heels. It was hilarious. Fantastic. Exactly like Sir John Middleton, as I picture him. And there was a marvellous hunting horn played each time Sir John
1: appeared. So how did you feel about females playing male characters? Unusual.
0: I liked it, and this is something that we talked about after the show. Willoughby put his crotch in people's faces and because it was a female playing the character I was able to see the humor in this rather than feel physical discomfort which I would have with the power dynamics had it been a male doing this to a female actress. There was also some intimate scenes shall we say which would have been really uncomfortable I was impressed by
1: commitment to masculinity, (laughs) mannerisms, and I think they inhabited males well without caricature. They could have lowered their voices and made fun of males in the way that sometimes male actors make fun of females when they're playing females, but they didn't. I thought it was very successful. I've, I've rarely seen a female play a male character, and I thought it came off very well. I'd be really curious to know how... Male audience members felt about
0: even with the height differences. Rebecca Head playing Colonel Brandon was shorter than some of the other actresses, but they didn't have them right next to each other, which I think helped. But ordinarily, if you saw, saw a shorter male, it would feel a little weird. But I think that they worked it quite well.
1: They did sometimes have them next to each other. They they had pairs, Eleanor and marianne and their bows dancing or straight up against each other and and
0: both of the females were taller than the males although that also kind of added a little to the funny in some cases but i don't think that was intentional colonel brandon and avanor were the only characters that were never played for laughs i think they were the only Mm. real serious characters the others could like flick between being funny and being quite serious and we could laugh at them But we didn't laugh at Eleanor and we didn't laugh at Colonel Brandon. And that was kind of nice to not have everything be a little frivolous. We had something stable we could depend on. Which is consistent with the novel and I guess
1: the lessons we are to learn about sense and the value of sense. Before we move off characterisation, let's talk about Eleanor. Eleanor is often, contemporary values a less appealing character because she sticks to the rules and she denies herself and she puts other people's feelings before her own and as far as assertiveness is concerned by modern standards we would not expect to behave in the way that Eleanor behaves and so she's often as like a stiff unfeeling character which is what Marion accuses her of being and we are To learn that actually, if you do the right thing, it all pays off in the end. This Eleanor, I thought, was a really warm and not humorless. She smiled. The relationship between these two sisters was properly close, which you often see the differences between them. But in this production, you could see a close sisterly relationship where they really listened to each other and cared about each other they, A couple of times They're comforting each other There's a chaise long and the set Representing a bed And they hop in And cuddle each other To comfort each other And she's just a far More sympathetic Eleanor Than you often see Yeah she doesn't come across As preachy Like mm. she sometimes can When she's stating The sense point of view um, She's not laying down the law as to this is how it is she is suggesting another point of view with regards to colonel brandon's character for example that she has always found him to be in in this way Yeah, she's not saying marianne you're
0: wrong she's Mm. saying this is my perspective and she can still see the humor in things Mm. which is often lacking in other adaptations The set was really adaptable. They had backdrops which changed depending on where they were. The reproductions of paintings enlarged and printed onto the backdrop, so that
1: each house had its representative painting so you knew which house you were in. Which was clever, it really put
0: you in the right place. Props were constantly shifting. Often the actors themselves were moving them between scenes but they were also very adaptable. There was a piano that was also a table and a chaise lounge that was a bed as well as a couch. That worked really well. And the bed that was a carriage. The carriage was like a character of its own. We loved the carriage. The carriage was fantastic every time it came on. It was just a little box, but you could fit... Five people in there and they jiggle around like the carriage was moving, and then the lights would go off and then be like, ow, oh, sounds like it was night, and then throw themselves around the carriage like they were asleep. And then the lights would come back on and they'd seem startled by it as well. So I wonder how much they actually knew what the timings were going to be and how much they were just playing it for laughs. Well, it certainly
1: captured the length and discomfort of a journey by carriage, particularly the one with the squalling baby
0: oh (laughs) there were several movable pieces of scenery in particular the shrubbery and at a ball scene they had several crowds that moved around as well that was i think a hogarth print so the backdrop was a ball
1: scene and then they had several smaller sections of ball scene which could move their own casters so that when the characters were moving around the ballroom, people were getting in their way. There were feathers and diamond necklaces attached to the movable parts of the scene. So it really caught the impression of being in a crowded room. It was very effective. And that, that same technique was used with the shrubbery. The shrubbery was wonderful. When you're walking around in the garden, shrubbery was moving around as well. And there was a particularly delightful piece where <laughs> Fanny was interfering in uh, the courtship of Eleanor and Edward, and um, you could see her headdress appearing above the shrubbery. It was very
0: effective, the pieces on casters. The soundscape was also fantastic. There were several scenes with ominous rain and thunder going on that worked quite well. Following Bridgerton's example, there were some instrumental of modern pieces. In particular, they did Back to Black by Amy Winehouse, when Marianne discovers Willoughby is going, and it was really heart-wrenching. It was. It was just the perfect
1: piece of music emotionally for that moment. The other piece of music was, oh, Jennifer Rush, 1983 or 1984,
0: Power of Love. And this is played as Willoughby saves Marianne from her fall exposing his manly chest in the rain it's so dramatically played hilariously but also somehow manages to be serious i don't know how they do that it was high high drama oh, willoughby i love the characterization of willoughby i've never seen him like this before well he was a sexy beast not only that but you could tell who he was he was seducing everybody not just Marianne, her entire family. In fact, when he leaves, he does this bit where he touches Mrs Dashwood's face and she just about drills on the floor.
1: We were big fans of the characterisation of Mr Willoughby. So Mr Willoughby arrives on a horse. A yes, horse? You heard, you heard me right. A real, not a real horse. A <laughs> uh, fake real horse. Uh, he is just the hero from a melodrama the charisma i think even the audience felt it oh it was charismatic yes and he rips off his shirt to tie up marianne's sprained ankle and whisks her into his arms and the rain's pouring down and the thunder's going and as he rips off his shirt he's he's wearing a, a fake muscled chest and he clasps marianne to it oh it's magnificent I can see why you would think that this was somewhat pantomimey, but if you've primed your audience well, they are ready for that moment. The stage equivalent of a screen montage. You get your actors to swan across the stage, turning an hourglass. Oh it was wonderful throwing pieces of paper yes. with months written on them yes so the calendar the
0: calendar gets ripped off that gets thrown around so you can you can see the passage of time yeah so willoughby seducing marianne happened across that and there were some very sexy scenes every time there was a sexy scene colonel brandon would walk in and then walk off the stage which was very funny i was so mesmerized
1: by the lust that i didn't even see colonel brandon I think they portrayed why on earth Marianne behaved like she did so perfectly. Yeah. And, you know, I really think that Jane Austen,
0: I think she kind of meant us to. Because Willoughby is the man of her dreams. It's, he saved her. It was very dramatic. He likes poetry. All of this. He is the big dramatic hero that Marianne has always dreamed of. It's very physical. This sounds. Don't be alarmed
1: by all my talk of lust and physicality. There's nothing in there to scare the horses, but it just was a very a, a portrayal of why Marianne was so sucked in, and it's not purely intellectual.
0: No, he seduced her. There was a lot of physical comedy uh but slapstick. Some of that came through with Willoughby. He had the big horse and he jiggled round on the horse like everybody did in the carriage, except the horse was so big, he had to have a step to get up on it. It was
1: huge. I imagine that was a horse from a previous production.
0: I don't know.
1: You can't have too many horses in your props department.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Between scenes, they sort of float across the stage with their arms in the air to indicate that they're swapping to another scene. got a laugh every time. There was only one time that it stood out to us that it felt a little
1: yes there was when it was when mr willoughby had been dastardly i think and marianne was just at her lowest that it seemed that to get a laugh at that point was not appropriate but i thought the physical comedy really added to it and it was extremely well rehearsed so the things
0: that they did in unison were perfect timing which really adds to the comedy of it it was excellent comic timing there's only so much you can do with a good script You need to have people hitting their beats, and they did. All of the male characters had a bulge in their pants. Historical realism, that is. Before the invention of Lycra. (laughs) I was not purposely looking at the crotches of the male characters. I think you were supposed to notice them. Yeah, because Willoughby kept putting it in people's faces. And because of that, then I happened to notice... Edward would put his hat in front of his crotch the whole time which worked really well particularly because he was around like Eleanor and you're like oh is he is it because he's interested in Eleanor it could be an awkward movement or it could be an aroused movement it was funny I think that it was about his character it was showing us what his character was like I think it'd be quite
1: important to just comment that when Mr Willoughby is putting his crotch in people's faces, just imagine him putting his leg up on the chaise long that Marianne is sitting on.
0: Oh yeah, he put his leg on everything. He was very much about manspreading. Mm, lots of manspreading. That kind of guy. Willoughby obviously leaves Marianne for Miss Grey of fifty thousand pounds. In this production she has fifty thousand per annum and I mean I'm on Willoughby's side in that case. If she has fifty thousand per annum, who wouldn't marry her? i'd marry her yeah me too just a,
1: a minor point i do, i think it's probably best to take this production as a interpretation of the relationships and the spirit of clueless but that was one little a purist could not possibly let that go Fifty thousand pounds per annum
0: everything <laughs> else like, i'm fine with making some changes in that but that felt wrong because that is an obscene amount of money just downgrade it, Penny, for when you're touring. Um, you're going to tell her what to do. Absolutely.
1: A total of £50,000 and put it in the 1% and you just get the income off that, thanks. <laughs> if you hear this before the 11th of March and you haven't been, whether you're a, a Jane Austen fan or not, it is an enjoyable night out. If you are an Austen fan, it will be more than an enjoyable night out.
0: It will be an absolute treat. That is our discussion on the 2023 Court Theatre Adaptation of Sense and Sensibility. Thank you for listening, and we wish you happy theatre-going. Happy thespianism, Happy thespianism. Oh, that's actually the actors. (laughs) Happy viewing. Just popping back in to let you guys know that we have merch now. I haven't actually got merch with my face on it. That seems a little weird to me, but if you really want it, let me know and I'll do that. Here's merch of the Jane Austen Society of Aotearoa New Zealand's logo, uh, some Jane Austen merch, and some Pride and Prejudice, heavily Pride-focused merch too. It's on Redbubble and the link is in the notes. Happy buying!